That's be, that's on your side. Your side is always the the issue. Always, <laughs> always wrong. Always wrong. Let's get to it, Jeremy. Let's get to it, Bradford. Hey, it's been a while. I haven't seen you in a minute. Like but, truly, but we come out every week, Jeremy. We do, but it's been a long week. We last recorded when. I don't know. Wednesday. Over Thursday. a week. Yeah, it's been over a week. I think it was Thursday, yeah. And then now it's Sunday. Uh-huh. So that's more than a week. That is, Jeremy. I haven't seen you, man. I've missed my other Bob. Hi, Bob. What is that hat you've got there? That's a really nice hat. It says Run Sedona. Oh, yeah? You went to a running shop when you were in Arizona, huh? In Sedona. Did you wear that hat? Sedona, Arizona. Did you wear that hat when you were there? Yeah. I put it on my head as I was checking out. But I had him just scan my head. (laughs) I'm sure you did. (laughs) Did you get anything else while you were there? I got Kira a shirt. I got me a shirt. I got two hats. And then a number of wounds. Wounds? Wounds. Like you got injured. Inj- injuries, yes, plural. Explain. It's fascinating. I played, I played airsoft. I've got like a row of nipples up along my side here. <laughs> Are you going to show us? Oozing nipples, by the way. Well, that's what happens when you get pregnant, Brad. Mm-hmm. And then my arm got banged up pretty good. It's yeah. been a few days, so they're, uh, I'm a quick healer. I'm like Wolverine. I think he'd already be healed by now. Not with these wounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life-threatening <laughs> wounds you got there. Ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Well, hey, Jeremy. Hey, Brad. Welcome to the Brigadey Bro Bobs. Brigadey Bro Bobs. It's been a while. We didn't do that last time. I know. Uh, not one complaint. I don't know how many people are watching <laughs> or listening. <laughs> not one complaint. It was uh, it was disappointing, but I mean, Ken didn't say anything. Surprising. He picks up on all the good stuff. Devastating, I'd say. <sighs> Letting us down, Ken. I'm getting beginning to question how much he's really investing into these episodes. <laughs> We need you more invested. <laughs> <laughs> How's your training been going since the race, Jeremy? Um, it's been going well. I took the week after the race a little low. I think I didn't even get to 20 miles, maybe like 15 or 16 miles. Um, and then my training plan kicked in and I did 30-ish miles. It was, I think, I think 29.6 miles this week. Uh, with a workout um, on Wednesday, Thursday, and then a long run today of seven miles. So I was pleased. I know, big seven. That means I'm going over distance already. I don't know, like, do I get to 20 before this 10K? If I get to 20, Brad, like, watch out. World records. I'm watching your hands move frantically. I thought I'm going to be moving through the air. (laughs) Starting to and fro, 
I'm going to be finished and coming back for you to, to help pace you in. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, we know that right now your running is kind of non-existent. Why don't you tell us about it, Brad? There's nothing to say. I just <laughs> haven't been running. <laughs> is it so? Is it because you've been on vacations and trips? Is it because well, of your injuries, your oozing injuries or other injuries maybe? Yeah, I wanted to give off – a week after the race and then and then monday was my like i've scheduled mondays off tuesday of this week i traveled for 15 hours like the absolute flight from hell i flew i got to the cleveland airport i left my house at uh 6 30 yeah a.m or p.m a.m okay. i got to the airport at 7 a.m to, for a eight o'clock flight at like, I guess it was seven thirty. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna be delayed ten minutes," and I was like, "Oh boy, tight." I think we only had a thirty-five minute layover in Chicago, uh, so scheduled to get into Phoenix at eleven thirty in the morning. Um, then five minutes after that, they're like, "We're gonna be delayed an hour," and I'm like, "Well, shoot!" There goes the whole layover. Uh, and they're like, "If you're." If your flight is, if your layout, like if your connection is leaving in less than an hour and a half, just rebook it. So rebooked my flight on my app. Then they immediately came back on the loudspeaker and said, well, we're leaving in 10 minutes. You know, like we're able to get out of here in a, in a short window. And I was like, son of a gun. So went up to the window to try to like rebook my original flight because it said it was full. Uh wait 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 forever uh people behind me are complaining like madmen can you believe these people just jumping in line they have no respect i've been standing here yada 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 and then of course when it's my turn to go up they just went literally walked around me and cut me off <laughs> but you let it happen Brandon. you let yeah, what it, it happen what are you gonna do punch them mm -hmm. so <laughs> by the way i looked up like Male Karens? Kevin. Ken. Ken. Yeah. I've heard Kevin as well. Ken or Terry? Terry. Which one. is my dad's name. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, let's not use that one then. Let's use so, the like, Ken or Kevin. My, my family lineage is just assholes. <laughs> you, you, got, you got Brad and Chad, like the two worst names in Frat House history. Do you, you have a Chad in your family? No, I'm just saying, like, it's synonymous Brad and Chad. Like, you well, can't Bradford just say Brad, is, it's Brad. Well, Bradford is being, like, that's a step <laughs> up. That's a tear in and of itself. <laughs> and then Terry. So, oh, I, guess, man. I guess I come by it. Uh, there's nothing I could do. It was inevitable. You got, you got it honestly, Bradford. Yep. And so, after getting cut off, woman sees me, and she's like, come on, I'll help you over here. She pulls me over. She gets me a middle seat, which I just despise for my original flight. Yeah. She's like, ah, you know, like, but it's only a four and a half hour flight. I said, holy moly. It's, so, a long, it's a long time to be stuck in the middle of people. Yep. So we, uh, we board the plane immediately as we board, they close like the uh, front cabin is now closed. And then the pilot comes on, <laughs> uh, folks. We're going to be stuck on the runway for, oh, about an hour. 
severe weather in Chicago, and there was just an eruption. Bullshit! People lost their minds, shaking seats. It was absolute. No. It was it was absolute pandemonium. So people were yelling at people, "Keep it down, Karen." I mean, I mean, it was. That was you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was just uh, pandemonium. And so we get to Chicago now, an hour and fifteen minutes late, and it like everybody just sprints off the plane, like no decorum to leave the plane. It was just. It was like a jailhouse exit, like the the gates opened on accident and people were fucking running. And so they uh, people Brad? No. Did you so leave them in I, the- I literally just watched them all run by and then I just went upstairs to the Admirals Club. There was nobody there and just asked them to change my flight. So not everybody can can uh, get into the Admirals Club there, Brad. Sure. And then, and then they had the audacity to try to book me. They go, we got you. First flight, we can get you to Phoenix. You'll get there at 7.30 p.m. They go, oh, my gosh. It's like 9.30 central time. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get in until 7.30. They're like, you're going to fly from Chicago to D.C., from D.C. to Los Angeles, from Los Angeles <laughs> to Las Vegas. And then Las Vegas, it'll just be a short hop over to Phoenix. What? Holy smokes! That's the most complicated thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and I, I said like, there's no better way to get there. They're like, well, I mean, we can get you in two minutes later, but you'll have a four and a half hour layover in Austin. I said, I'll, I'll sacrifice the two minutes and just go to Austin for four and a half hours. Yeah. So, didn't get into uh, to our house in Phoenix until almost well after nine, like nine thirty or so. So, which would be twelve thirty Eastern. Yeah. So it was just it was a mess. Next day, next day, like a little business meeting, go karting, three rounds of go karting, and you then, win, and I went first, second, second. If I was so, there, that would never have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then went played airsoft. The same day, or is this a different day? Same day, like immediately <laughs> from there to airsoft. <laughs> so I would not recommend airsoft in shorts and a t-shirt. We checked in with Rambo, like this dude that literally had like the same bandana on in oh, all nice. camo fatigues, and he kept saying, "Apparently, this is a thing with kids." Every time we, like, I was laughing about shorts and t-shirts, he's like, <laughs> "Dead ass." <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never heard before. You've never heard dead ass before? No. No, no he must have said it. You know, it took us 15, 20 minutes to check in. He probably said it 25 times. <laughs> dead ass. Oh, Brad. <laughs> and so uh played. I had booked it for like three hours of airsoft. Oh, that's a lot of airsoft. Yeah. An hour after just getting lit up was enough. So oh, yeah. it was uh, it was just, fun though. Did you continue for the next two hours, or you guys just called it a day? No, after we just an hour? nope. That was it. And then, <laughs> and then Thursday, oh, we went on like a really fun like off road jeep tour. Yeah, in Sedona. Uh huh. And then Friday, 
fly out. We get to the Phoenix airport. They tell us that 17 is the, the seats in our flight are inoperable. So they've got to find us. They were looking for 17 volunteers. And then come to find out it was like an AC problem that it was leaking all over the seats. So they just uh, like took that entire plane out. We didn't get to fly out of Phoenix until 8.30 p.m. from a 2.30 flight. Jesus and then Christ. by the time we got into Dallas for our 45-minute layover, it was 11.30. So there were no flights left. Like, I'm not going to ride a, uh, a red-eye to Cleveland. So, Why not? Because uh, it's awful. You do what you got to do to get to your family, Brad. So just got a hotel at the airport and then flew out the next morning. So that was another long day of travel. All of these days, I felt no need to run. Okay, good. And then got back. So then that was Saturday afternoon I got back. I literally just slept all day till wake up for dinner, then straight back to bed. <laughs> and then uh, and then the only running that I've done, I ran like 2.8 miles today at Orange Theory. And how did your knee and your ass feel? Knee didn't feel great. I've got my uh, first doctor's appointment for my ass, as you would say, tomorrow. That's what and I then said. I've got my knee appointment on Friday. Okay. So you've gotten 2.8 miles in in the past two weeks? Probably like five or six total miles over the last two weeks. Okay. Do you feel like you've like lost motivation? The momentum's definitely gone. No. That's good. Nope. I'm, pr I'm proud of you. Not everybody can say the same thing if you've taken two weeks off. But you're just super competitive and you know that you don't want to give me those two weeks. I'll just what are you cleaning dishes weeks. over there? No, my cat is eating food that's not even there. <laughs> clean, cleaning. Look, I guess I can fix that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. She, she understands that. Um, All right, Jeremy. Well, what's, what's the topic for today? So let's tell the audience what we did. So you told me. Instead of collaborating, are you, did you give me the microphone that you pointed over to me? That's so dumb. I appreciate it, though. Um, you said, instead of collaborating, you are going to choose the topic for this podcast, and I'm going to choose that meaning you, so we're reversing it. Me. And you're going to choose the podcast for the, for, or the topic for the next one. You, I think, have a much broader range of information than I do. So I think next week's is just going to be a total shit show on my end where I'm just going to like be talking bullshit, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to come up with some crazy-ass shit. That's for sure. But I think the topic that I'd really like to address is the use of technology in running today. The use of technology in running today. The use of that technology. whole we'll talk, lead up we'll to the use of technology in running. We'll talk about what we use, okay. how we use it, how often, what we use it for. Like, do we use it to its fullest extent? Um, how there is a like, it raises the floor of entry for a lot of folks. So, like, they definitely can't get to that point. Um, what we feel about technology usage in like pro athletics and how that has improved or at least the times but i think that it, it's taken away from like true competition we'll talk about all that stuff brad that's what i'm thinking how does that sound to you 
probably stupid. God, tell me I'm an idiot. It's okay. I'll apologize. Our viewership, and I will expect to be about four. <laughs> but Brad, let's talk about like technology. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. What do you use, Brad? What do, what do I you use? Yeah, what technology do you use while you're out running? So I'm a technology nerd. I've yes. got my Garmin. Okay. Which I've Garmin got... do you have, Bradford? 965. <laughs> What other Garmin's do you have, Brad? 955. A Garmin Enduro 1. Mm, I think a Phoenix. Probably three other iterations of the Forerunner. Yeah. Uh, and why? So you have all of these iterations. So you just buy the next one that comes out. Do you even know what the next one does that's better than the one you have? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. What's what's different between the 55 and the 965? The rate monitor is like night and day better. Night and day. What happens night if you want to use a chest strap? Don't you have one of those too? I do, but I don't use it cuz the heart rate the wrist heart rate on this is as close to a chest strap as I found. Huh. So So you you go with Garmin. They upgraded the heart rate monitor. Battery life is considerably better. Okay. So I think uh, for like you can get up to 32 or 36 hours of GPS running. So I know that with the fifty, the 955, which is what I've got, you can do like the more accurate GPS-ing. Um, yep. But that takes the battery down. Correct. Um, so yeah, I don't know the exact like timing that that allows. So it's like well over you know. double what the nine fifty five is. So plus plus th they upgraded the satellites again from nine fifty five to nine sixty five. So your satellites are completely new. No, it's just that uh, how they switch back and forth so that you get better better satellite okay. reception. So in theory, better pacing. So, but with all that being said, I don't use my Garmin for pacing. I use my Stride Footpod, so which does all my pace, distance, uh, power. I guess that's all that it does. So, do you have to have a watch that connects to that? For no, it to you can work? use your phone. Okay. Would you say, like, for people who are looking for it, like to enter into the sport, like the pod, the Stride Pod? would be a viable alternative? I think GPS is better just because it's simple. People understand the metric. So like by the time that you're getting into power, um, I think it like the stride pod is more accurate for time, distance, for uh, changes in paces, all of that thing, uh, including like the stress that you're, you're incurring on a daily basis. They do an incredible job at like managing stress load on your legs based off of the, your like each runs uh, full data metrics. Um, so like the numbers are just easier to understand. I think you just have to be, um, if you're not going to use, like the more technology you use, I think the more in tune you can be with different pacing and understanding you know, like different zones, like the less fit you are, how much compressed they are, 
versus how big they are. I think uh, the the majority of just like runners, all their zones are so far compressed that pretty much every run is is the same run. So, and the the best runners in the world are trying to get true like as many gears as possible, both from the low end to all the way to the high end. So they're trying to they're trying to build aerobic bases at at uh, you know like if you were using a percentage of time all the way down to fifty percent of your goal pace to uh, almost one hundred and seventy five percent over like faster than your goal paces. So like those are pretty broad spectrums. I think the majority of runners aren't going out, and if you're just running every run at eight thirty pace, they're really never touching speed sub six minute pace. Yeah. And and then they're not then in turn taking days where they're just doing uh like the easiest aerobic recovery zones that you can do. Do you fall into which category of those people do you fall into, do you think, Brad? Mm. I think I'm pretty good with like re- it depends on what's going on. So, you know, like if you want to run in group runs every day and that's what like floats your boat, the likelihood of you hitting like a lot of recovery zones is probably slim to none. Yeah. So like there's very few, I don't know of any group runs where people, unless you're running with like true beginners or running at 10 minute pace. But 10 minute pace for somebody could also be like tempo pace. It could, like I said. So like yeah. typically beginners. Yeah. So and then and then you hear like all these uh this what I think is just complete baloney and I used to fall into this uh this grouping when we were in college and even post college that like oh to run 10 it it hurts me too bad to run 10 minutes I can't run 10 minutes. It's just hard. It doesn't hurt necessarily. It's just really hard to slow yourself down. So but I think if you have the right impetus everybody knows how to do it. If everybody's down for it, yes. Once you have that one person though, who's like, okay, let's just inch it up to like 930 pace. And then that person's like, well, if we're all running easy at 930 pace, let's make it eight minute pace. And yeah, But I mean, I think if you have the right impetus, everybody understands. Like, and I, I think the rub that people typically get into is they say, well, I'm just not getting anything out of this run. It's time on feet, man. It 100% is time on feet. So, but if you had the right impetus, so if you have kids and you go out and run with like an eight-year-old, you understand that you can run at slow, slow paces. And it, it just, if you focus on what's happening in front of you, like those runs can be super enjoyable. So yeah. if you take, if you have to separate yourself out of and understand what the goal of, you know, I think there's probably I think there's two types of recovery runs. There's a recovery run where like you want to continue building your aerobic base. So say for us, it's probably somewhere from uh, I don't know eight twenty to nine minute pace. And then yeah. there's like full recover like movement is recovery, where it's ten minute miles. Yeah. So you're not really building an aerobic base for that. You're literally just getting the blood flowing, like. Uh, trying to circulate everything out of your body you're not draining the battery is my watch likes to tell me yeah got a certain battery like they're not draining that yeah i can't say that i've done much of the whole like super slow stuff recently i think i've i've let my race go to my head a little bit in my last couple <laughs> of weeks. my last week for sure has been a little too fast um i mean nothing that like super pushy but 
you know, when you're it's out. It's not always bad. No. I mean, a couple of my runs, like my run, was it yesterday? Was eight, I don't know, 8.15. The run before that was 8.09 pace. Today was 8.30 pace. Uh, nothing slow, though. So I think then you don't like that isn't in totality bad. You just then don't get like the maximal value of if you're doing days that aren't pace related and they're more like uh high speed input, like yeah. you just don't get to maximize those days. So what metrics do you use to help you determine what you're going to do, Brad, on your watch or your foot pod? Um, Pace, heart rate, wattage. I don't even look at watts. Well, my watts you don't really have watts. I mean, like it does, a good it metric. Me watts are like 6,000 watts, something like that. Uh, but pace for sure, and my heart rate, I got kind of used, especially when I want to go super slow. Um, you know, try to keep it under 140. If I'm under 140, that's like 70% of my max heart rate, which is pretty low. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you ever run without a watch, without any technology? I'll have like a lot of days where I just say like, it, both on the slow end and the fast end that I just don't pay attention to it. So, you know, like I don't think that every single day you can put that much merit, like just have it dictate who you are. So yeah. there are some days that I just say, well, whether I'm, I'm on a run with a friend and I just throw all of it out the window. It's just about, uh, you know, like the camaraderie of running together. And it typically is is threshold or a tempo run for me, yeah. uh, even though it's supposed to be a recovery day. And same thing on the easy days that uh, some days, like I, whether, like I just don't look at wattage or heart rate. I just, I walk when I want to. Uh, and I have a, you know, like I have an idea of, like, I just want to make today as easy as possible and as stress-free as possible. Sometimes you just don't feel like running. Right. You don't. But so you're, you never go without a watch, though. Never. Ah. See? Technology's ruining us. Just nope. go out and have run good, a good run. Yeah, but then you finish. Then you finish, and you think, I wonder how fast that was. Versus yeah, the effort like, that I was putting into it. Like maybe, right. Maybe, but maybe you could just go out and say, I'm going to just run today. And just, I don't know. I'm I know, like, but I'm doing I'm, those I'm same, do, I'm, I'm doing so those do. runs anyways. Like if, if I was giving somebody advice, if you've become a slave to the watch, yeah. that uh, like you can't do a run without monitoring it you know, like every 10 seconds and seeing where you are and either speeding up or slowing down, or if it's causing stress in a run, I would give everybody the same advice. Take the watch off, whether it's for two days, a week, for as long as you need to just go out, make an easy day, feel as easy as you want it to, be, to feel, make your hard days as hard as you want it to feel and be done with it. If you can be disciplined enough that like on certain days, you're never looking at your watch, and then afterwards you want to review the data. Great. Go ahead and do, like, that's fine. You just like, when you're in the middle of a run, you can't be a slave to the pace or your heart rate or everything every single day. So I think I'm going to give us a challenge, not this week, maybe after like, I don't know, the 10 K for like a week or two weeks where I just say, or sometime during that time frame, let's go out and not run without and run without watches on. 
because after the 10K, we'll have like a little downtime before the, marath- the half marathon anyway. Just go out and run. Just go out and run. Just go out and but run. But then how does your – how do you get your fitness score up on <laughs> on, on Strava? Oh, and that's that, another piece of, of uh, technology that I use, Strava. Yeah, Strava or die? Strava so, or die? So let's just talk about like how much money we're shelling into running like a year. Like not like, – just – so oh, you go a out, year? I, no, it's, I know, Brad, you probably spend $64,000 a year on your watch. <laughs> uh-huh. On the watch. Let's say you get a watch every three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the watch is there. There's 600. I was going to say 500, but like 600. Let's go up because you're getting the top tier stuff. So $600 for your watch. Your pot, your, your, your stride pot. What is that running? What, 200, right? 200 plus a monthly to subscription. I think you can get it down to like a hundred, depending on what monthly subscription you do. Okay. So, but you have to have a subscription to even use it. $20 a month for like training plans, like the full array of metrics. It's exactly like Strava. Yeah. But I only pay like $12 a month for Strava, not 20. So you're paying for Strava and your pod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. And then and I pay for Hulu, Disney Plus. <laughs> so, uh, I, I do too. Max. I do all that. I don't I got rid of Max. I stopped watching Max. So, so it's all what's important to you. So like I I enjoy I enjoy but, the running metrics. People spend an inordinate amount of money on just stupid things. Do you think it helps you? Do you think that if I were to get rid of like all that stuff except for my watch? Mm-hmm. Like Strava gets stopped paying for the 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 fourteen dollars a month, mm-hmm. you would be better off than I would be. No, why not? Because running is just about running. So th- and this is a better is... runner. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> this is all about. Uh, this is like anything. So yes, you can run this bare bones. You can run. You don't even need a watch. You need literally zero technology, and that's fine. So, so you can also get from point A to point B in public transit, yet you still choose to buy a car. My and then, and then, and then on top of a car, you like you just need a bare bones vehicle that gets you from point A to B, point you B. Yet is, people Brad? still invest in purchase because they like it. Other vehicles, so or or then like bump up the budget on said vehicle. Do you know what my car is, Brad? A Hyundai Sonata. 2013 Hyundai Sonata, like the barest of bones <laughs> car that I could that I could possibly have gotten. I think I got it for like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars, something like that. I was like, yeah, great gas mileage, hundred hundred thousand mile warranty, all I needed. And I could put push a little button and say, call this number, and it does. Technology at its finest. And so, so using that analogy, based off of the car that you have. If you then wanted to race and get from point A to point B, would you be driving a Hyundai Sonata? You mean race in cars? Mm-hmm. No. Why not? I mean, I, I guess ultimately my car my car can go like 110 miles an hour. You're not going to go. And it's going to be a Corvette. And it's going. It's not going to go much. Like, how far are we talking? Cross country? I might get better gas mileage. <laughs> So then I won't have to stop it all. It doesn't matter the gas mileage. You're, yeah. 
if I'm, going, if I'm averaging 110 miles an hour and I have to get gas fewer times, Brad, like as somebody's doing 200 in a Bugatti, <laughs> they're not because they're going to get arrested. 110. Oh, you're going to get arrested at 110. Yes, but my car is so ubiquitous that it would just fly under the radar. They're like, oh, there's yeah, a black. It's Sonata. not even oh. worth pulling over that car. Well, they, they wouldn't know because there's probably three other black Hyundai Sonatas like around me. Oh, my God. I, I win in that department. No. Um, but let's like, yes, our, we wear technology on our wrists. We wear it on our mm-hmm. foot in the mm-hmm. shape of a pod. We wear it on our chest. We wear it on our ears. Do you run with music often, Brad? 30%, 25%? I'd probably do a little more than that. I'd probably go like 60%. But that's why I got this bad boy because that plays music right from it. Although it's kind of a pain in the ass to like upload the music. Subtracting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just get tired of listening to the I, same shit. I do I, think that music on the run is performance enhancing. I do as well, but most of the time, you know what I listen to, Brad? A podcast. Or a podcast? Not this one. Brigity Bro Bobs? The Brigity Bro Bobs. It's the only thing I listen to. No, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it just kind of helps me zone out. And sometimes I want to zone out and sometimes I don't. Like today, I definitely did not want to go for my long run. So I listened to a podcast. Um, when I say long run, I, I ran for an hour. Yeah, I just Why didn't do you it. listen I, to the Brigitte Bro Bobs? Because I was listening to uh, a podcast about Fight Club. And I've already, and I've already listened to the Brigitte Bro Bobs. My God. What? What's wrong with That's Fight Club? That's not supporting us, Jeremy. How many times do I need to listen to it to support us? Should Daily? I on, on, At a minimum. Like, on a loop? Yes. So we've talked about technology, and it's just, again, the floor is – I mean, I guess you can make it – you can go get a Timex and just say, hey, I'm going to go out and run for 30 minutes and just time it on that. You just don't have it. Well, I ran high school with no watch, ran college with a Timex. Yeah. I had a yellow Timex. I had that cool yellow – I got like a cool yellow Timex. I love that thing. So it's not a bad way to run. I just enjoy the numbers. I do too. And I think as I get older, I kind of need those numbers to kind of help me help myself when I want to run slower. Otherwise, I would just go out and just run hard every single run and it wouldn't benefit me. So but there you go. technology isn't limited to like satellite stuff. It's also limited, mm-hmm. It's also part of our shoes. You have a okay. lot of shoes, Brad, that have technology that are that has enhanced your ability to run farther, faster. Yes, those carbon-plated ridiculousness. How often do you run in those? Well, I think all shoe technology, in particular, over the last ten years, is so drastically different than than like when you and I started running. Yeah, but I, that my is- first pair of shoes was a Nike Air Pegasus of running shoes that had a little tiny bubble that you can see the air in. Um, and they were white. And I love those shoes to death. Good. Yeah. They were awesome. Let's bring those guys, those bad boys back. And what's that going to do? Let's just take it back. Let's get it back to where you don't get like a help from the shoe. You're just protecting your feet. Well, then we should bring back gas lamps. Like the people that like okay. gas lamps, we got rid of their jobs. <laughs> But that's, that's ease. Like this is ease of use. Like, but shoes can just be ease of use. You put it on, you go out for a run. Mm-hmm. So then we should get rid of like better diet, better training plans. Yeah. We should get, get rid what of, thing, uh, you, you know, like w- w- when people used on- to, 
when we used to like when they started running marathons, there was like no gels. There was like, and yet they were still running sub two ten. They were not running sub two ten. They did. When? Then? No. <laughs> They were running sub 210. Like the top guys, what about like the race? What was the time where Alberto, Alberto Salazar and Dick Beardsley were running the whatever marathon that was, the Boston or Duel whatever. in the Sun? Yeah, Duel in the Sun. What was their, what was the winning time? That was like 209 or something. Okay. Look it up. But so how often do you wear your super, as they call them, super shoes, Brad? So are you talking about like a plated shoe or like super foams? E- either one. Uh, well, to me, they're completely different, but, uh, they're still super shoes. That's why they call it super foam. It's a super critical foam. Yes. Does it criticize you every time you take a step? That one wasn't so good. Let's do it better next time. More two hours and two hours and nine minutes duel in the sun. I told you sub two ten. Okay. And they had no gels. And they were never the same. They, they crushed their bodies so hard. They just couldn't do the same thing again. So Okay. But there it go. So shoes. You have super shoes that have either super super cushion or whatever you said, foams or super plates. And you have both. Mm-hmm. How often do you run in one or the other? Um... I mean, I think if you averaged out our 5K training, I ran in plated shoes a total of five times, including the race, like super foams, another 10. So the rest so of, out of like 14 weeks, I basically did like a little over two weeks. Once a week? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. What what benefit? Well, what's the difference, though? I'm asking, what benefit do they provide? So these super foams, I think the most significant difference is, like, I think so. If you're talking about technology, the entire shoe is completely different than the shoes that we grew up in, including the rockers, which you can you can debate the benefit or the detriment of rockers alleviating calf pain, Achilles issues, etc. Like that is the goal of a rocker is to eliminate pressure into your calves. So is yeah. that a cheating? Is that like a a, a cheating maneuver? I, did I say anything about cheating? Did I say the word cheat? So somebody's, they, like somebody's got a, got something on your conscience that you're trying to get off. So and then they, so the I think the rockers in turn make a lot of inefficient people more efficient which in turn allows them to run both faster and farther. Okay. What about the, like, and, the, and I then I'm just pissy, Brad, because I'm a then, fat boy who's super efficient already. And none of that bullshit helps me because I can't wear a fucking plated shoe. Well, you have plenty of shoes that are super foams that come in wide. Uh, yeah. So but in, that's not in super foams, I, you know, the energy return, I don't know that I ever notice a difference on, on energy returns. Like I look at the metrics on my stride pod where I do notice a huge difference is just recovery time. Yeah. That's cheating. 
That's like steroids <laughs> to your feet. Okay. And not everybody can do it, or not everybody does do it. You're cheating. Okay. Nobody said you have to do it, but it's available. Yeah, but it's it's it it's it's completely legal. It is, but why do they? So you know they they have the the, the governing body has decided you can only have so much stack height. Forty millimeters. Yeah. Cheating. In which that's actually at a size nine, I believe it's measured. So for every shoe size above size nine, you can actually go above forty meters, forty millimeters. Forty meters. Dude, people are tall. Yeah. So you know, like I think actually the majority of shoes, super shoes, the fuck. Damn cat. The majority of super shoes at like a ten and a half, I think, are like forty-two millimeter. That's what size you wear, right? Yep. I wear a size ten, three E. So I think what super shoes do is all about the ability for elite runners to run more intense workouts more often. So, which is what elite runners have been doing and finding ways around. For who know you know, like Lasse Viren was blood doping to do the exact oh, same yeah. thing. That's what exactly you are using steroids and cheating and blood well, doping. Well, first of all, blood doping is not steroids. I said and and blood doping. I added in another caveat there. Blood doping, another category, blood doping and just cheating. It's not it's like cheating. Having, it's like having a twin. And you guys, like, run half the race, and the other guy takes off and runs the other half. Of course it's going to be cool, because, look, you're going to, like, crush it. So, so you and I just watched Gran Turismo. We did. So if you are, can a six-foot-six person drive an F1 car? No, I don't think so. I don't know, though. Can Shaq? No, Shaq's way too big. Okay, so how is that cheating then that there's a size that fits the metric for what they're trying to accomplish, including a shoe? What what point are you trying to make here? What point are you trying to make? If I give you a size 9 shoe to somebody Mm -hmm. who wears a size 14, your foot's not going to fit in. How is that cheating? So why wouldn't why wouldn't F one makers you know like Honda Ferrari etc make a car big enough for Shaq? Well, first probably because it's going to significantly vary the aerodynamic abilities, the downforce, and everything. They're going to have to do some serious reconfiguring. And why when you can when you can fit somebody who's five five to six foot in there, and that's like the average male anyway. That's not cheating. That's just being inconsiderate. It's cheating if you're Shaq size. It's being inconsiderate. To Shaq? So, yeah. So, you're making my point for me is that you get a benefit that I don't get because I've got a foot that's like this wide and yours is like this wide and you can wear more shoes. How's that my problem? It's not your problem. Just acknowledge that you're cheating. It's not cheating. So you, you are just are, not it, you're not able to take advantage of the same things that I am, including my superior athletic ability. If we want to go head to head, I think we should have to wear the same shoes. 
Then it no. eliminates anything else. It eliminates the ability for you to cheat with your shoes. So why would I wear the same shoe as you? If it works for you, that doesn't mean it works for me. It does. We're both neutral runners, right? Both neutral runners. We could so both there's, wear. So there's no personal preference in a shoe that you wear. Who cares? <laughs> you just, it's a shoe. <laughs> it's a shoe. Oh, then I'll pick the shoe. Like you might prefer it to be 55 degrees and I prefer it to be 45. Who cares about that? Because a shoe is what you wear. You get to choose what shoes you wear. You can choose to go for a run when it's 55 or 45. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can just pick the weather. We're both. No. You, yes, you can choose the day that you run. Anyway, moving on, we're going to both run in the same shoes from here on out. Nope. And we're going to eliminate your cheating with your technology, which nope. is ridiculous. No. Nope. And I know, I know I bested you on our 5K, even though you were cheating because you were running with one leg. I get that, and I'm okay with it. But I'm still questioning on, the results. What do you mean you're questioning the results? Jeremy, I've sent in a petition to the USATF. Okay. Ver I do not believe there's, it's impossible with everybody thought that I was going to win. Then for me to go in, granted it was on one leg. Granted I had to hop. Do you know how, and, how and I am, I am a hundred percent sure that I started at least a minute and 15 seconds behind you before crossing the starting line. No, you didn't. Nobody said Yes. Jeremy, I did. No. And Brad, listen, it's I, really I'm, a shitty thing to say. I'm to sure say that they started. me to win. There's no way in hell you could have won because you're not good enough at all. Bingo. Even... Bingo. Bingo. Bullshit. All your family. Bingo. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, there's, there's plenty of outside people. Hold on. Let me think of, let me find the other arguments that there were. Of, of what? That you should have won? Yep. Bullshit. Your fitness score was significantly higher than mine. That's I'm putting a, I'm putting a stop the count to this. Your, this your was an illegal, an illegal race and certification pounds. process. You're upwards of 15 pounds lighter than I am. Okay. This is a fraud on the American public, I would say. This is an embarrassment to our country. <laughs> Who wrote that? We, Brad Lang, were getting ready to win this race. Frankly, I did win this race. We want all the rigging of this race to stop. So it was a rigged race for me. It was rigged. How exactly we ran the exact same race on the we, exact same race. I started talking about this before the before the race ever started. I said the only way Jeremy that the only way that I'm going to lose this race is if the race is rigged. All right, Donald Trump. <laughs> Such bullshit. You, I'm not going to sit by idly while the unethical while the unethical Jeremy Clovers of this world try to steal this race from the great people of the Brigady Brobob fan base. You're probably a fan of me. <laughs> of me. They're like that guy who puts it out there. He's going to have a day. He's going to have the day of his life. And that's what exactly what I did, even without using super shoes. Wait, are the carbon, are the Mach 5 super shoes? Yep. Use super shoes. I won that race. If you deduct the time 
that was was rigged on this race illegally, mind you. I won this race. Proof of any of this. It'll be presented shortly. <laughs> sure it will. You've got just thousands of pages of it, right? Photo thousands of pages. Photo evidence and everything, right? I would expect next week for I've hired Rudy Giuliani to come oh, and present. <laughs> Does he have a new, a brand new dye job? So when he gets up there and starts like sweating because he's telling lies out of his ass, it just streaks. Last time, it, last time it was four seasons. I'm thinking landscaping. Five. No, it was four <laughs> seasons landscaping. I think, you go five I, think landscaping. I think we're gonna go to Nike's headquarters, which also may or may not be the Nike outlet down the street from me. <laughs> I I, th- I cannot wait. And you're gonna present your you're gonna present your your um all the data there, right? Yeah, I've all hired it. hired the cyber ninjas to come in and check these the results of this race. And we know their track record. I cannot wait. I think they've proved more than they're enough winner. in they're Maricopa win- County. Yeah, they're just winners. So they did their job on te- technology. That Shoot. is all technology based. I know, but shoes, technology, like if you're running, I'm just saying this, putting this out there. If you're just running all day long in super shoes, get out of them. Just run in regular shoes. Just run. Why? Again, if people enjoy running in those shoes, what is the problem? Cheating. Who's it cheating? Me, because you're probably beating me. Who's it cheating? I don't like it. Today on my run, some guy came crushing by me. Like really fast. I was running like eight minute pace, and he came like just traipsing Wearing down. Wearing what shoes? I I think a pair of pegs. Oh, okay, so shoes. he wasn't cheating. Super shoes. They he wasn't been. cheating. They must have been. Must have been. But I truly, I wanted to do this this whole section on technology because I really want to touch base on the technology that's ruining the sport. How is it ruining the sport? E technology. I didn't say technology is, although I think it might be. Because, like, it's bullshit. There's no reason that we have made the progress we have in such a short period of time, especially in, like, the marathon and shit. How many world records have been broken in the past, like, three years? Too many. It's a oh, world record. And you think – so that you think that has nothing to do with the, like, increased knowledge of training? What has been incre- – what new technology breakthroughs Jer- have there been? Jeremy, look, look at it from this perspective. When – when did people used to start running marathons? It was when their track careers came to an end, when they were no longer fast enough for 5Ks and 10Ks. Right. And they were which, the also, the which also meant that they were in their well in their mid and late 30s. Early to mid to late 30s. <laughs> Early to mid to late 30s, mid 30s? Yes. So th- that was the cycle is like everybody. All elite runners started in college, went to run track races, you know, whether it was yeah. 1500, 5K, 10K. But I'm not talking about just the marathon Hold world records. All of the world records. The mile world record has stood for how many yeah. years? But now we have the 2000 meter world record has been broken. Okay. So the it's never mile, meant to be broken? The five. No, but to have it all happen so quickly in such close time together. It doesn't make sense. Something's going on. It's not right. You don't just randomly wake up and have in three years, every almost every single world record's been broken. 
that training, nutrition, recovery you is better. Have the pe- you still have to have the people able to do that. It's it's, still- I get it. And look at the average height of people. People have matured, like matured in a way that is, if you were a caveman, it's unfathomable. Yeah, but, that, but you're talking thousands of years, Brad. We're talking three, five years at most. There can only be so much progress in those three to five years. So what? So you think this is just shoes? I don't. Training hasn't gotten better. I, I think mo- recovery mo- hasn't gotten better. I'm sure it has because nutrition the, hasn't gotten better. The drug regimen they're on now—it's too good. One. <laughs> Number two on the track. Fuck the fucking pacing lights. That's bullshit. Well, then that's let's bullshit. go, Jeremy. That's, then let's. That's not racing. That's go not back racing. to Cinder. Go back to Cinder tracks. I didn't say yes. Yeah, you should, tracks, yeah. Go back to Cinder tracks with with leather soled shoes. Yeah, and you do that. Okay, I can't wait. Let's do it. I'm but, not doing it. You do that. Look, technology is technology is technology, right? Yes, the track's going to be faster. Yes, the the shoes are going to be faster. Yes, the the techno like the information that we're going to have. We have the interwebs. You can just ask, you know, Chat GPT to, to create you a brand new training program. But the pacing lights take take the actual racing out of the race. Oh my like, okay. God! You are the biggest grumpy fucking old man I've ever heard. You know, if 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 you ran back in my day, I'd whip your ass, Jakob Ingebrigtsen. When did I ever say in my day? <laughs> you're saying they're doing. You're saying in the last five years. So you're saying if they ran when you ran. They'd be nowhere as good. We ran 20 years ago. How many years did it take the U.S. record for the for the one mile to fall? Uh, a long time. Almost 20 years. Yeah. And no one has even fucking sniffed it with the exception of Jared Nagus. And you're saying, no, well. That's false. It was, one, it was 346. We had a number of guys 348. Who? Uh, Cole Hawker was 348. Um, and what did Yared Nagus just run? 343? Yeah. Okay. That's a, huge, that's a huge improvement. But I'm telling you, the timing lights, uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. That's my own. It just takes. It takes so, the how did the typing lights help Yared Nagus? They did because they were right there for the world record. What does that have to do with the U.S. record? He knew if he was on road record pace, he was on the he was faster than U.S. record pace. He didn't make a move into the last two hundred. He was he didn't have to because he was right there at world record pace. No, we so did the world record drop or did it not fall that day? It did because they couldn't exactly. play more, but they knew exactly where they needed to be without having to like just race it. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't race. He was just looking at the inside of that track the whole no. time. That's exactly. I'm. I'm willing to guarantee that's exactly what he did. He just looked at the inside of the track and floated along. He didn't have to work at all. I didn't say it had had nothing to do with work. I'm saying. I know, but I mean, I'm saying in in addition to all that, he didn't even race. He wasn't looking to win the race. All that he was worried about was the American record, and he knew he knew that if he was just close enough to that light, to hell with winning the race. To hell with winning the race. He's just going to get that American record. And he what? knew, he knew because of his watch, I get, I get about nine lights that's going to still get me the American record. If I just stay on this thing nine lights away from the front light, boom, piece of cake. Yeah. I saw him the whole time looking at the inside of the track. See, you're making my I know. case. It was, it was, it was, 
I think you're right. I think on top of my protests with the USATF, we need to protest this record. Okay, let's do it. Let's protest all the records in which they use the pacing lights right. for all of it. And then let's go back to the super shoes. And then let's go back to the Mondo tracks. Yep. They they say that the, the Oregon track may be the fastest track in the world right now. That's fucking – that is outrageous. That is outrageous. They should not – they should make every track the exact same. Yep. And they should make every cross-country course the exact same. It's impossible to do that. There should right. be no weather variation whatsoever because it's going to mess with each race. Right. Now you're being ridiculous. It should, it should only be indoor 400-meter tracks that are temperature-controlled with no wind. There are things that you can't control. I understand that the that the Mondo tracks are going to be faster. I understand that certain tracks are going to be faster. I understand that you're going to have better conditions sometimes. I get all that. But to have to say, hey, guy, I know you're really going for that world record that this person down here did all by mm -hmm. himself with his own pacing, with nothing there except for him once he had those two pacers leave his little person, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to give you so those pacers. Eliminate the, the pacers time. too. That's like the same thing. Get rid of the pacers. I'm going I'm to give you the pacing for the entire time. Instead of having the person go out and just freaking hammer for as hard as they can and so, just see if they get there. So why did why do they have pacers then and pacers now if the lights are there? Why even have the pacers? Because you need people to draft off of, Brad, to make it easier for you to start. But, but the pacers don't ever go the whole race. I mean, at some Not point. Where? But they've had pacers for a very long time. Why don't they just have a pacer pace the world record for the entire thing? Because that would mean that they ran a world record, Brad. It's not that easy. I know, but then they would just give it, it to the person that's drafting it behind. It's making it easier, and it's making the records less meaningful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jakob's seven, 753 was fucking pathetic in the two-mile. I didn't say it was pathetic. It's it, no, it was. But look, if he had to run it without the pacing lights, where would he have been? We don't know because he had Probably 13 lights. minutes, I bet. Probably. And I, I could bet. probably give him for his money. Yeah. I mean, you truly are the old person that complains I'm about not. everything with like like I, I'm not. This happens in think, this happens in golf. Racing. Hold Jeremy. This stop in racing. Jeremy, this happens in golf all the time with these old curmudgeons that look exactly like you. They go you know, when I used to play, they, we played with persimmon woods. And the, the way these boys are playing now, I mean, I know they're a foot taller than me and they work out six days a week and I was selling insurance, but they're hitting the ball. They're hitting the ball too far. It's not even golf anymore. Just because, look, you can hit the ball really far. It doesn't go where, and maybe it doesn't go where you need it to go. You still have to be able to control the ball. I know, but it's going too far, Jeremy. It's not. Brad, see, you're you're making ridiculous statements here. It's, you're not it happens in every single sport, I, Jeremy. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to happen. So people should, like, the evolution of people should just stop. So the average height of Americans should go back just to five foot seven. Own. Just do it on your own. Do it on your own. I know you, you shouldn't have any record, good genes to be a better athlete. We should get God. rid of that. I'm merely saying to have something there that you just have to look at to see that you're on pace is stupid. So why do other sports saying, keep score? It's holding, it's holding well, your hand the entire time. Then don't, then just don't have a timer. Like it's almost, about? I, the more I think about it, it's almost unfair that every lap they come through on the track, they see the time. You That's preposterous now that I think about it. And you're the person who thinks that, that mental toughness isn't a thing because you don't have to be mentally tough anymore. Get out of here. Somebody's going to be there to hold your hand. 
<laughs> you think you think that breaking breaking eight minutes in the two mile takes no mental aptitude that it was just easy i don't even this doesn't even hurt because i've got a light next to me i didn't say it didn't hurt brad so you, you're again you're putting so but that, that's where mental toughness comes in it comes in by having to say okay now i've got to do it on my own i've got to do the mental math so to do mental math and to push yourself as far as you can that takes extra mental 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 strength <laughs> extra jerry that's a preposterous argument that's still Just, what you're world records should never move on because technology has changed i would love them to move on if you do it on your own there should be an asterisk with pacing lights without pacing lights what about Iliad kipkaji's world record for the marathon what about it he didn't have pacing lights Okay, but he had super shoes. Like, I think we should get rid of that record. I mean, everybody was wearing super shoes. Okay, everybody has the pacing lights. Yeah, but it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> he still had to run. Everybody's got super shoes on the track, too. And in fact, at the Berlin Marathon, they have the pace car that shows his current time. Oh, cheating. Nope, take it away, then. I think the same thing. Take it away. Let's file a petition. Look, I, I, I'm sure that many people are not going to agree with me. But I'm going to have Mike Lindell bundle all this together, and we're going to submit all of the yeah. data to the USATF. No, I just think pacing lights are the biggest crock of shit. I still don't understand why that riles you up so much of all of the things in the sport, including like ungodly amounts because, of doping. Okay. You're complaining about pacing lights. Well, sure. Like uh, doping is is – Again, it's everywhere. So are the pacing lights and all that stuff. But you still have to do it yourself. Like, yes, the doping is helping you recover. It's doing all the stuff that you have to do. But you still have to do it yourself. You still have to think. You still have to push. You still have to be a thing. Racing isn't just about going out and running flat out. It's also about being smart about it. And if you don't have to think about it that part, like that hard, because you have that thing right there telling you exactly what you need to do, it takes part of the sport away. It just does. That's why racing, like watching championship races is so much more fun than watching people just try to go out there and break a record. Jeremy, why don't then – how come not one single elite athlete has ever complained about pacing lights? Because they're trying to break records, and I'm not. Jeremy, there's like one person in each race that is even – Let's get Kara Gaucho on here. I bet she's got something to say about it. Great. Kara Gaucho. She also complains about everybody in their shoes. Exactly. That's why I want her on so she can back up my back up my my opinions. So all of all of these things are based around some economical data, including shoes. So yeah. when Kara Goucher ran her last Olympic trials, she got throttled by Nike runners. Yeah, because they were cheating. And so, <laughs> and so you're you're like her her idea was that they had an unfair advantage because their sponsorship allowed them to run in better shoes, more efficient shoes than what she was running in. Okay. So 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 even more than that, so companies should never invest into technology because at some point they get an unfair but, advantage. No, but if they do get an unfair advantage and you can prove that it's an unfair advantage at that point in time, you can't you you can most certainly say okay, I'm glad that you have those shoes. Awesome. Let's let them be used. In That's up to governing bodies. Not, That's not up to the athletes. 
I know, but that's the governing body's job is to say, okay, I see there's a significant improvement in your performance just based on this one thing, this one pair of shoes. They got rid of a number of pair of shoes. But you have to pull, you have to pull date like an, a large amount of data to prove that. Okay. And so that like the time frame doesn't allow for that. You can have the companies have to give you the data before they put it out on the market. That is that is preposterous. Is it though? Is yes. it? Yes. If all of a sudden Nike comes out with a shoe that they guarantee and they have data to support it, they can take off three minutes on the on a marathon without any improvement in like fitness. Mm-hmm. You think that should be allowed? So, so they're just gonna. What is what does Nike then have to do to be good? So they're not allowed to invest in their technology. It's not about you hold good. on. It's hold on. So what's the point of having a company that makes money? Making You're going to say, well, listen, we've come up with this absolutely amazing idea. We're going to give it to every other shoe company first. No. Like we as Nike don't want to be the best. We want everybody else to be the exact same as us uh, so that uh, you don't spend money with Nike. You spend it with whichever uh, company logo you like the best. No, I understand what you're saying. But again, if it's a proven like improvement based on nothing outside of the, the technology, you can't allow technology like that to go into comp- competition. If you have half of the people who can wear it because of sponsorship and the other half. Technically, everybody can wear it. Okay, well, if everybody can wear it and they do wear it, then that's a different story. So Cara Goucher's argument is, well, they have sponsorships. You're more than welcome to drop your sponsorship if making the Olympic team means more than the money. So there's plenty of people in the Tour de France that ride shittier bikes than another person. Some people can't afford to do that, Brad. You're saying professional runners can't afford a pair of shoes. Some, right. Some some professional runners make like $30,000 a year. So the runners that are okay at $30,000 as a professional runner, you can afford any pair of train. Like if that is the difference between making the Olympic team, there's no way $30,000 is not going to allow you to procure that equipment. I didn't, but if you're, if your if your sponsor tells you, you can't wear somebody else's stuff. And that's then you shouldn't sign a contract with them. Why not? What if you agree with what they do? Because it's, the running uh, running shoes is still an open economy where every shoe is looking for an advantage over another. So you know, like, so what would what would the sales pitch be? Like, what would each box if every shoe was the same? They're just going to talk about our colors are superior differently. They have different technology. They're going to feel different. Although they have carbon plates, there's some foams that are going to feel different and all that. So, so what do you what do you have to prove? Right, remember Spirit with the actual like springs in their shoes, mm-hmm. right? They were they were not allowed. Why Correct. Not? Because I mean, there's no springs allowed. That was a, a one specific thing that USATF had laid out years and years ago. Okay, but uh, wouldn't a carbon plate under load act as a spring in a, in a, some way, shape, or form? It doesn't act as a spring. It acts as a stiffening agent that in turn reduces the pressure put onto your Achilles tendon and calf. It propels you forward. Says who? The technology. The technology told you that it propels you forward? It did. It did. Hold on. Let me listen. Hold on. Let me listen. (laughs) He called me and he said- Hold on. No, wait. Jeremy, quiet. I'm I'm listening. The technology is talking to me. Oh my God. Said you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Probably. It propels you forward, Brad. There's a reason you can run faster in those shoes. So Saucony has done data points on this that some runners, like not every runner reacts the same to every type of shoe. Well, sure. That's just the way your economic so, like, running. Correct. So some companies make a like a wide swath of shoes for that have softer uh you know stiffening agents in them to stiffer stiffening agents to the amount of cushion etc everybody is entitled to pick their own shoe that reacts best to them but what you're saying is if this shoe works incredibly well for me just ban it because yep. it doesn't work for you yep i can't wear it cuz it doesn't fit my foot so th that's really the root of all this is that you're not going to break a world record and you can't wear the that's best exactly shoes on the market. I, I told you that's where I'm coming from. That's why we're going to wear the same shoes. But that's not why I get pissy with the whole like pacing might support it. I just think why? because you're an old curmudgeon. No, I just think pacing lights take racing out of racing. I didn't say that it made it. I didn't say Brad. I didn't say that it wasn't hard already to still continue to do it. I think it takes a little bit out of what you had to do. So was Jakob Ingebrigtsen trying to win that race? He was trying to run a, a world record. Okay. And if you do that, you're generally going to win and the race. For, and for years, for years, we've set up races strategically for runners to run world records. Yes. Through the That's use correct. of pacers. Right, for like two laps. They, they've had they've had it go as far, which is now banned with runners taking laps off and basically dogging laps. That's not allowed. That's right. So so the, How is everybody's looked for a different angle to find pacing. That's right. And now they're allowing people to be paced by a light that tells them exactly what they so, have to, where they have so to be. Why not? So you're talking about one person out of a like an eligible field of people that want to run in that race, I would say millions. Not people that can qualify for it, but people that want to run in the Olympics or in whatever world championships. Yeah. Millions, so mil billions. Okay. And so we're talking about this is unfair for one person. Everybody else is pacing off of that person. And so we should get rid of those groups. Every person should go out. It should be a time trial. You should run like it I has to be the exact no, Jeremy. Hear me out. It I'm has to be a dome, no wind affected, temperature controlled. Everybody wears the same shoe, and it's races are going to take years. So this is going to be quite a challenge for people to train for. So, but Wait. you get you get on the track, you get one mile, and the only mile that is eligible is that you run it by yourself. And that's yep. the whole thing. Sweet. So, I, I mean, I think that's a fair I, I way to go. And what you're saying is that everybody gets to use the same technology. I get it. I get it. I, get I know what I'm but saying. You're, you're, rights, I think it's bullshit. You're absorbed by one person out of the millions and millions of runners, and including about the 20 that are in the finals. Yeah. Well, but, but Brad, in the finals, when you're talking about a competition setting, they're not going for world records generally. They're going for a win. Okay. And they have to race. They have to race. You okay. see them. It's all strategic. It's the same it should be the same thing when you're going for a world record. Yes, give them their two their two pacers that, that lead them through a thousand meters in a mile. That's fine. But then you still have six hundred meters where you have to figure out what you're gonna do for those six hundred meters, not because you have a light right there beside you telling you exactly what to do. 
Well, then world records should only be about eligible in the Olympics. No, that's never yeah, going to happen. Because there's no we- pacers. Yeah, but that's not, that doesn't make any sense. There's been plenty of world records that are broken at the Olympics. There, are, there have been. I would bet you close to half of the track and field world records have occurred at the Olympics and world championships. Some, some statistics that would be interesting, I think. And so that's the only eligible place. Okay, cool. <laughs> not going to get an argument from me. <laughs> you are just a technology curmudgeon. Yeah, like that, think, that wraps think, up this think, entire I think, thing. I think we rely so much on it that it's taken away a little bit of like what running is supposed to be about. As we're recording a podcast from hundreds and hundred miles away, like this yeah. technology is just fucking well, this technology out of hand. Because I mean, people, 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 when they wanted to record podcasts back in the day, you just have to do it in person with the tape recorder. Or I, I didn't know that podcasts were even a thing before this. If they did. If they did. I mean, we used to have VHS tapes. Exactly. This is out of control. It's ridiculous. The world is moving too fast, Jeremy. I'm talking about, but Brad, I'm talking about human performance. This is not human performance. This is performative, but it's not performance. Wrong. That's not wrong. I think that wraps up the show. We're never going to agree on this. <laughs> no, and look, I'm sure most people will agree with you, but I still think that technology has kind of ruined running for at least like, I never will look at like somebody breaking a world record. I'll say, damn, that's really fucking fast, but I'll never look at it as the, at the same way that I would, if it was people who were just doing it on their own. Oh my God. Never going to look at it the same. That is truly the grouchiest fucking thing I've <laughs> ever heard grouchiest you want to hear yes. grouchy? i'm about to go to bed my dude you're like this the old world war ii vet that's you know just talking about i don't understand these kids and their mental illness these days what? that's just weak i didn't say mental illness was weak <laughs> i'm saying <laughs> you're the person that the the old school guy that criticizes why anybody that has feelings why do you always have to take it to the nth degree? Why can't you just say, hey, look. Because I you mean, need you need hyperbole, hyperbole to show how fucking I, I asinine your argument is. My, my argument's not asinine. It's just my my opinion in that the technology is bullshit. Fuck technology. No, good, don't use any. I'm not going to use any. I'm going to get rid of all my streamers. Good. I'm only going to use physical media, which I have good. a vast, vast variety of. I'm going to no, get rid I'm talking of this about guy. your your running technology. You're allowed to run. You're allowed to run in sandals. No, I'm going to go back and find the first pair of Pegasus that I wore. Too too much technology. Like before Pegasus, they didn't have those shoes. Yeah, they did. No, the Peg was the first running shoe of all time. No, nope. Of all time, Jeremy, Brad, listen. Although I think, we disagree, I love you. I'm beginning <laughs> to question that anymore. Uh, we can disagree and still be in love with one another. That's just weird for you to say that. I don't know. Well, listen, in love just sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just took it, I took it to the nth degree there, <laughs> dude.
Jeremy. I'm afraid to see what happens. See what happens if I said I love you back. So goodbye. Don't do it tonight. Maybe tomorrow night. <laughs>